This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. When restoration cannot be found, I'm going to be talking about three things this morning. I'm going to be unpacking three things from three chapters in the book of Job. We're going through the book of Job, not verse by verse, but pulling themes from it. Um, it's important for us to go through a book like the book of Job in a time like this because we go through hardships in life. And when you go through hardships in life, you need to know that there's a real God who has real answers for your real problems. Okay? So you might be going through a mountain in your life and it seems like the church would not understand it. And you are right. You might be going through a crazy time in your life and you might feel like Christians would not understand it. And you are right. But there is a God who understands your real problem because he's a real God and he has real answers for your real problems. And what I'm going to tell you this morning, what I'm going to share with you this morning from God's word, it is going to tick you off. It is going to make you kind of like want to reject it. It's hard. It's, it's not something that you would typically hear at a church. Uh, most people don't preach the book of Job because the churches will find themselves guilty in being like Eliphaz and Zophar and Bildad. Instead, they want to be like Job who say, I'm just suffering and where is God? And God will multiply my blessings. But God wants to confront us in our hypocrisy this morning. God wants to confront us in the areas where we actually held on to what was right before us and trying to find answers from the world because we felt like God cannot be real with me because this problem is too real and God is kind of this, you know, wrapped in, a, in plastic wrap, untouchable, too holy. He wouldn't understand my sin. You with me this morning? Three things I want to talk about. The challenge of change. I want to talk about the challenge of change. I want to talk about the bitterness and blame. The challenge of change and the cure in the covenant. I know, I know it's going to be hard for you to kind of get excited about this right now. But there's a challenge in change. When things are changing, it's challenging. And it's easy for you to turn your blame into bitterness. But the cure is found in the covenant. I know there are a lot of babies crying in this room this morning, but ignore the noise and pay attention to the word of God. Would you please? Okay. What do you do when you've done everything that you could? according to what you know, but you find yourself totaled, twisted, in pain, and you are at a total loss. And the state that you find yourself in, it seems like there's no reimbursement and there's no restoration. I had to prayerfully choose the title for this morning. I had to prayerfully choose the words that I'm using to elaborate my points. If you've ever been in a car wreck and your truck is mangled and total, I've totaled two cars so far. I'm Asian. I drive like that too. Okay? And, and it's totally... I could say that, I'm, you know, it's, it's not racist, because that's, I'm telling you what I did. I've totaled, I totaled my truck, I spun it out, man, rolled three, four times, and, you know, it's so weird. And, and, and it was in such a case that there's absolutely no way I could have restored it. It's mangled, it's a mess. And I was somewhere in Washington, and I left it over there. I didn't even bother bringing it back. still have the title in my hand, but it was, it was a mess. I couldn't drive it back. It was not worth towing it back. There was no restoration available for it. Even if I took it in to say, he restored, they would have laughed at me. And it's quite possible, please listen to me, that you're sitting in this place or you're watching me at home and you feel like you're totaled. You're a mess. And the very idea of bringing you back home and restoring you and working on you seems like a joke even to you. And you've lost all hope. And that's where we find Job. He's sitting on his ash heap with boils. And he's going to reminisce about the past. And he's going to blame his present but he doesn't stop there. He finds a cure in the covenant. And I'm really excited to bring this text into the context of your life and help you identify the change 
that God is walking you through for a reason. I'm getting goosebumps as I speak this. The change that God is walking you through, the blame that you're finding yourself in that's turning into bitterness that God wants to confront, and then for you to find the cure in the covenant. Are you excited? I wish I had a church that would talk back to me this morning. So please feel free. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes God will take you out of the normal, out of the ordinary, and out of the usual, and he will sift you, and he will shake you, and he will change things up, and he does it without warning. He does it without warning you. I've spoken to some of you just this week alone. Things happen without warning. You've lost a loved one without warning. You literally total your vehicle without warning. I mean, it's an accident. That's why it happens. You don't plan for it. You lost your job without warning. You lost relationships without warning. And God will take you through a season of change and sift you and shake you without warning. And there's a reason why he does it. And what do you do when you're so far removed from who you used to be? And there seems to be no way to go back. You look back at all your achievements and it seems like it offers you no hope. You look at your present condition and you find no relief. What do you do when restoration seems to be impossible? I'm here to tell you that we worship a God who restores. We worship a God who transforms. We worship a God who says that he's a restorer of your soul. He restores your joy. He restores your salvation. He restores your calling. He's a God who restores. Some of you, you're walking through a change in your life and you're tired of where you are right now. And you need a new change. You need a new direction, a new shift. And I believe that God wants to point you in that direction this morning. God loves you. And the fact that you're walking through change is because he loves you. It's quite possible. Even before I unpack my points and we jump in the book of Job, I want you to know that you probably are looking at change as a problem, but it's quite possible that God is walking you through change because he loves you. I'll give you an example before I jump to my first point. Marriages grow stale because there's no change. Because you feel like you arrived. You feel like you, you know everything that is to know about this person. I hate it when people who are newly married have come to that place in three months. I mean, those of you who have been married for a few years, you kind of sit back and your heart races because you're like, oh my God. Six months in, they feel like they know everything about each other. He gets up this morning, this is what he asks for breakfast, this is when he goes to bed. Wednesday he does this, Thursday he does this, Friday he snores. And Saturday he gets drunk. Sunday he goes to church and acts like a Christian. That's his life. And relationships get stale because there is no change, because there is no sifting, because there is no shaping. You talk to couples who have been married for many years, they will talk about the valleys that they've had to walk through, the valleys of the shadow of death. When God began to change things up and they had to learn to lean into God, they had to learn to lean into each other and trust God in each other. Relationships go stale. I mean, I was thinking about this morning when, you know, I mean, India is, is halfway across the globe, and so our timings, so when it's morning here, it's night over there, and I used to, you know, it's, my wife would wake up, and, and, you know, before we were married, and we would talk, and it was actually really nice, because, you know, my morning, when I'm getting ready to work, she's getting ready to go to bed, when she's getting ready to go to work, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and then on weekends, sometimes we would stay up and talk quite late into the night, you know, and I want to tell you that sometimes we still enjoy staying up late and talking into the night. You know, sitting in the backyard or you're staying up and talking and visioning about stuff. We like to go away on car rides and still be able to kind of share vision and talk about what God is doing. And I can't imagine a relationship where we don't have that kind of communication. Where we don't have that kind of sharing vision, sharing joys, sharing our sorrows. Now the reason why I share that illustration with you is to let you know that God is not happy with having a stale marriage with you. God is not happy with being in a honeymoon phase with you and then saying, you know what, you're bored of me, so I'm bored of you, I'm going to go my way. God would not do that. God will pursue you and he will change things up. He will shake you up. 
He will deplete you of all your resources. He will deplete you of all your joys. He will deplete you of all your distractions so that once again, you will see that he is all you need, that he is the one who restores you, that he is the one who blesses you. Okay? So number one, I want you to know that change will challenge what is real. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of personal application for you. I need you to do that part. Change will challenge what is real. Think about the things that are changing in your life right now. Think about the people around you. Think about your situation around you that is changing and how much it's challenging what is real. And I'm going to unpack this more. In fact, this, this point alone, I want to preach a whole sermon on this, maybe even a whole series on this because it's blowing my mind how God will change the season you're in, will change your circumstance around you to challenge what's real because oftentimes we hold on to what's right and God wants you to get past what is right and get to what's real. As a husband, I will tell you what's right is for me to spend time with my wife, for me to have breakfast with at least once a week. It's right for me to, you know, read my Bible with my kids. All that is great, but it's not enough if I'm not feeling the pulse of what's going on in my home and making changes accordingly, feeling the pulse of what's going on in my relationships and making changes accordingly. The Pharisees held on to what was right. And when something real came their way, they crucified it. God, church, wants to get you past what is right and get you to what's real. And God will bring change in your life to confront the right that you're doing to get you past right and to get you to real. Okay, so we haven't gotten the book of Job, have we? Okay, let's get into this, okay? Um, first of all, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Why does God shake you? Why is God bringing change? Why is God sifting you? Why is God bringing hardships in your life if you are covered under the blood of Jesus? Why is there no prosperity? Why is there no blessing? Why is there no healing? Why is God walking you through this? It's because God is not content with you knowing what you know about God. He wants you to know more. And his, his, his dream, his desire, his vision is for the earth to be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. So don't be surprised if God changes things around you so that you can grow in trusting him more. Job chapter 29 verse 1. And Job again took up his discourse. This is going to be the last three chapters Job is going to speak. And then it says, and that ends the words of Job. And the next thing he's going to say is when he repents before God. It's going to be fantastic. We're coming almost to the tail end of this book. Job chapter 29 verse 1. And Job again took up his discourse and he said, Oh, that I were as in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head. And by his light, I walked through darkness as I was in my prime when the friendship of God was upon my tent. He sounds like a man that's in his deathbed. And he says, I wish that I could go back. Oh man, I'm reminiscing. I'm thinking about the time when God was with me. God was near. I, I, many times you hear me say, I, I wish those times when I just pick up the guitar, man. One chord and oh my God. It felt like heaven just came down. It felt like walls were falling. Just one chord on the guitar. My, my quiet time was loud. I mean, that's why my guitars are all scratched up. You know, my fingers start to bleed after I'm worshiping. It's like, oh, I love it. I love getting into it. I like losing my voice when I worship. And there are times I pick up my guitar and it's just so dry. And there are times I open the word and, and I'm like, God, speak to me. God, talk to me. What are you doing? And Job was like, man, there was a time when, when I walked, when it felt like God was right there with me, like a light, his light showed over my head. His, his, his word was a lamp unto my feet. And now it's all God. And he's reminiscing over the past and how great it was. And then he says, not just with God, he says, when the Almighty was yet with me and my children were all around me. Now that's kind of sad. When my steps were washed with butter and the rock poured out for me as streams of oil. I don't want to get too much into the picture of it. Pretty much he's saying, he's saying, I miss those times when life was as smooth as butter. Man, when I walked, there was blessing. When I walked, there was prosperity. Wherever I went, God blessed it. Whenever I spoke, man, it was power. It was fire. It was amazing. I knew that God was with me. God now 
seems far. And it seems like there's no way for me to be restored. Because God has changed my circumstance. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. My, my family was a poster picture for what a believer's family um, should look like. And not just uh, God, but even his respect in his community. Look at verse 7. He says, when I went out to the gate of the city, when I prepared my seat in the square, that is, it says that he was a judge. Like he was, you remember Job chapter 1? He was the greatest man in the east. So when he walked in and he prepared his seat of judgment in the city gate, I mean, he was a man of authority. When people walked in the street, they knew, hey, Job, he's, he's coming. Like he's sitting down. He's going to bring justice. The young men saw me and withdrew, and the aged arose and stood. That is, all ages, people respected me. The princes refrained from talking and laid their hand on their mouth. The voice of the nobles was hushed, and their tongue stuck to the roof of their mouth. What he's saying is my wisdom and discernment was unmatched. I was a judge. I brought law and order. All people of all ages respected me, and my wisdom and discernment was unmatched. When the ear heard, it called me blessed. And when the eye saw, it approved, because I delivered the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to help him. The blessing of him who was able to perish came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. He says, man, those who were sick, those who were innocent, those who were old, even people in their deathbed, I was a sight for sore eyes. I was a blessing wherever I went. God was with me. And people, they approved of me. Verse 14, he says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe. That is, it was my identity and a turban, my authority. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. And I searched out the cause of him whom I did not know. He's saying, I even did charitable works. I brought justice where justice needed to be brought. For those who did not know which way to go, I guided them. For those that did not have the courage to walk, I walked with them. And not just that, I also challenged the wicked. Look at verse 17. I broke the fangs of the unrighteous and made him drop his prey from his teeth. Don't lose focus of what is happening. Job is reminiscing about the good times. Job is talking about the good times. Job is going through his Facebook memories. Wow. Do you remember that time? Oh my gosh, do you remember that conference? Oh my gosh, do you remember what God did in that revival meeting? Do you remember how God healed me over here? And where is he now? Do you remember how I used to get up and lead people and I was a preacher and I was a teacher and I was a worship leader and I traveled the world and, and people were excited to see me and now God has shut me up. And the people that want respected me, you're gonna see, I'm just a joke now. They spit on my face. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 